0: There's a lot of research around how architecture and design can really benefit our emotional and physical health in spaces, and what isn't necessarily out there is research dedicated to this specific process of if folks are engaging with law enforcement after homicide, how should these spaces respond to the needs of the victims and survivors.
1: Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. This is your host, CCB, and I'm here today with another one of our Wonder Grant 2020 award winners, um, a representative from the team from Designing Justice, Designing Spaces. But before we start having a conversation, I want to do that little brief explanation of the Wonder Grant. And one workplace uh, launched the Wonder Grant program in 2019 to support and celebrate thought leadership in the architecture and design community. We strive to elevate the role of architects and designers in our constantly changing landscape of the modern workplace, and we support the uh, research and insights that each one of the teams are individually interested in. So with us today, we have Tola Thomas, and I'm going to say welcome. And Tola, how about you introduce yourself first? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are today
0: sure thank you for having me today um, my name is tola thomas i'm a nigerian american um, architectural designer in the bay area and i grew up um, not too far from where i am based right now in oakland in richmond california and um, that kind of served as my jump spark into architecture as kind of my inspiration um, for wanting to just build better communities for my family i don't think i really knew what architecture was but i knew that where we were living just wasn't just wasn't cutting it. So um, I would just kind of get into like SimCity and all these different uh, games where you can build cities and stuff. And I think it just, it just really stuck with me. And um, eventually it turned into a career where I'm working now at Designing Justice.
1: Okay. So tell us a little bit about Designing Justice.
0: Sure. Uh, So Designing Justice is an architecture, nonprofit and real estate development firm and our focus is uh, kind of shifting the narrative on um, how architecture can um, influence um, how we think about justice in our country, um, specifically in the built environment. <clears throat> Typically, how architects are involved in the conversation of justice is building courthouses and prisons and jails. And we really want to shift that thinking and um, reimagine what can be built instead of these things. So. Um, Our focus um, here is to kind of prototype and work with um, other mission-aligned organizations to kind of think of new ways to build for public safety and justice in our country. So um, this project that we worked on is kind of in one of the many buckets of projects that are kind of getting us to that goal of ending mass incarceration in our country and just kind of building uh, just better infrastructure for our, our communities.
1: Excellent. So you bring up the project. The title is Spaces for Survivors. I'm gonna give us a lot of time to kind of uh, dig into all elements of the project. The first thing I'd like to know or I'd like you to share with our audience is um, the overview of the project and the why. Why yeah. is this for survivors?
0: Yeah, right. yeah, so um, this particular project was kind of sparked by um, some conversations that Deanna von Beering, our CEO was having with um, Center for Court Innovation another a great organization that's really rethinking um, justice and um, social justice in our country. And um, they were working on a pilot to kind of see um, how um, victims and law enforcement um, and survivors interact after a homicide has been um, committed in a community. So um, they were looking at the actual interactions between there and just kind of seeing how trust um, was or wasn't there um, during those interactions. And um, we were brought on to kind of think about the environmental piece of that. So there's the actual conversations between members of the community and law enforcement. And there's also the settings that these interactions happen in. So um, typically after there's a homicide in the community, um, law enforcement uh, um, are interviewing survivors either at the scene of the crime um, inside of homicide task fans or um, inside of their offices or these these very uh these places that aren't necessarily trauma-informed and could do more harm and aren't necessarily helpful to the process especially if people are going through these really traumatic experiences so um, what we were kind of tasked with was kind of um, engaging with um, survivors and justice professionals around uh, how these, existing spaces where these interactions work, how they feel in those spaces, and just kind of um, start to co-design and redesign uh, what these spaces can look and feel like.
1: So the I'm gonna say your your proposal was so compelling. Last year we received, I think, 25 different proposals and we awarded seven grants and we added one because of the, the I'm gonna say the amazing proposals the the level of of uh, of research and um, passion that people had proposed to us, um, and and there are some things that were really um, uh, what's the right word that were that stood out in your proposal that, that were so different from most of the other proposals, though there was a common element there about the concern for the human in the environment. So. Talk about, if you will, uh, how you put together this project and the project team.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, so um, kind of in the lines of um, what I mentioned with like our prototyping of these projects, like a lot of these spaces don't exist yet, or if they do exist, they're not necessarily trauma-informed. So um, this project kind of followed a similar path a lot of projects do, where we engage with a community, do um, engagement sessions around um, the look and feel and just what these spaces we need to redesign need to look and feel like. And uh, through that process we we're able to um, really understand um, how to specifically design for survivors after a homicide. Um, there's a lot of research around how architecture and design can um, really benefit our emotional and physical health in spaces and um, what isn't necessarily out there is research dedicated to this specific process of if uh, if folks are engaging with law enforcement after homicide, how should these spaces respond to the needs of uh, the victims and survivors? So um, we structured it um, with um, the first part being the um, engagement workshops and surveys where we just kind of um, really, um, start to interact and really think about these spaces. And then we take that information and uh, code and analyze it. So in architecture, just typically, just program with a client. It's typically just one person with a lot of money and you're designing for them. But uh, uh, really thankful at DJDS, we we get to really open up the design process a little bit more. So we're coding all this information.
1: So, I'm going to make you answer this in a little bit greater detail. So, mm-hmm. um, because I had the good fortune of uh, being a support coach on your team, I know a little bit more uh, about the project. Mm-hmm. The, it was fascinating to me to watch the level of uh, detail and thought that went into the construction of the survey itself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah. and yeah. also
1: who the other people are that are on the team that right right
0: <laughs> right uh yeah so our team at uh djds it, w- it was me um diana van biering our um our founder and ceo and barb taste our researcher on the project so it was just kind of like attacking this research from a design perspective and also research perspective and then i was kind of like uh the project manager but also uh doing a lot of the um, engagements and research and production work on the project. Um, and you had one more question, can you repeat that?
1: Well, it was going to be about, um, you know, the construction of the survey. So mm-hmm. the way that you, that you, the the approach that you took, mm-hmm. given you, those specific yeah. audiences that you were working with, and then I'm gonna say add COVID.
0: Yes, the COVID, big. <laughs> the big elephant in the room. Um, yes, yeah, so the, so uh, just to take us, uh, a couple steps back. So originally when we do our engagements, it's usually in person. We go to uh, the community. We have these events with music and there's food and we have these games and it's really interactive and very lively. And we had planned to travel to uh, Essex, uh, New Jersey and New York where the project is. But unfortunately, COVID happened right like a week after we like we're planning to go. So we had to kind of rethink how we were gonna do these engagements. So that's where we kind of shifted our in-person stuff to these virtual platforms. So we created this survey that was kind of um, a way to introduce people to design that don't normally think about it in terms of space, where we really got into the um, making people kind of put themselves in these spaces. So we asked questions like, If you were to, uh, the big question we had was like, if you were to have an emotional difficult conversation, like many people do during these homicide interactions, uh, what are the spatial characteristics of these things? How big is the space? Is it inside or outside? What are the scents? What are the colors? So really trying to get at all the senses to make people kind of immerse themselves in in what they're about to embark in with the redesign of these spaces. So it was a it was a very um, deep survey. We tried to make it as fun as possible. So we had a lot of imagery. We kept it very, um, very, as short as possible. So we weren't uh, sending out like a giant essay or a giant uh, test to people. It was more of just kind of like them imagining a new space to have these type of interactions.
1: Well, uh, seeing the essay, I mean, the, um, the survey myself, I thought it was, it had such an everyman design element to it that it could have been, that same process could have been used for many different types of questions around um, eliciting how you might feel about an environment and what an environment might, um, what the ideal environment for any particular activity might be like.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of, um, it took us, it took us a while to finally craft down that uh, survey, Um, it was a lot of um, back and forth with our team internally just having them review what we're proposing and making sure that the way we're asking the questions are clear and are as trauma informed as possible and you kind of um, uh, alluded to it, but these questions about space and environment they're they're not so specific that the results we got from them can only be used for this specific space. They're kind of uh, general things that people don't normally think about on a daily basis about what makes a good space, like natural light, nature. So things that can be applied to many different types of spaces, but just really kind of putting it in a short survey format.
1: Right. The, um, okay. So, so you get the survey built and mm-hmm. there's COVID, so you're going to have to find people to answer the survey who are not any place that you might be able to find them so yeah. how did that go
0: yeah it, it was it was tough and was very um eye-opening because i think we had um we had a schedule or like kind of like a timeline of what we wanted to do our serving get the response back so like all right we've got this awesome survey with all this imagery we're going to send it out and we're going to get like a flood of responses i think after the first maybe uh maybe two weeks we had like maybe one or two responses and it kind of uh, really just highlighted the challenges of doing this thing during COVID it's not as engaging. You can't be there with the people. So um, we were fortunate to have some really good partners on the ground in New Jersey and on that in that area where um, center for court innovation and also the um, Essex County's prosecutor's office and their victim um, advocate groups really um, got the word out there, we were able to really connect with people and just kind of tell them about our organization, what we're trying to do, and that really helped us um, get a lot more responses. And uh, people really uh, showed out for um, the surveys.
1: That's, that's great. Those were the people that were the victims or that had experienced the, um, the violence. Then you also had the surveys with the law enforcement side.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's um, something really key about this type of research that you really do have to engage many different types of stakeholders because these spaces are ultimately gonna be used by um, different types of folks with different backgrounds and different reasons for being there. But uh, we made sure to make sure that it was centered around the survivors needs so that um, ultimately what was what came out of that toolkit or those design guidelines we came had the survivor in mind.
1: Okay, so so you've done the surveys, you've implemented them, you get all the research, then what do you do?
0: We get all the research, we've done the surveys, and then um, this is where we kind of like reel the folks in with uh, um, interactive design uh, kind of workshop. Virtually, we use this tool called Miro, a lot of firms and people are using it now. It's just a virtual whiteboard where you can kind of think collaboratively with people who aren't in the same space as you, which was really amazing and kind of opened up a lot of possibilities for us. So. Um, the survey kind of led folks into the design workshop. So, the part one of the survey is just kind of an accident to think about space and the existing spaces, just kind of like tease some things we might do in the workshops. Then, in the actual workshops, is where we would um, dive deeper into what they said in the survey about those existing spaces. So, um, we were able to get their really true, unfiltered thoughts about how these existing spaces are working. And also design for better spaces. So we were kind of moving around pieces on a whiteboard with folks, and it was it was, it was a really cool exercise. And I think it's uh, a tool that we wouldn't have explored as much if if we weren't forced to during COVID. So now we can kind of engage with people even if we aren't physically present with them.
1: I think the um, the unintended byproducts of a lot of the research projects that we have um, that we've worked with on the Wonder Grant are pretty fantastic because the out, I mean, it's the like lemonade out of lemons, but the COVID challenge asked a lot of people to do things in a different way. And, and a lot of new skills definitely, you know, kind of were, were developed. Okay. So, so there's the, the data and the research and the workshops and, and then your team has all of this information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so then what do you do?
0: I can see you teasing it out. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> So after we had submitted the um, the our our report to, uh, to to you guys, we actually kept going with the research and the design work. We where we've gotten all this information now. What are we going to do with it? So we actually took all that information and were able to kind of um, kind of narrow it down to I think uh, twenty spits twenty six specific design characteristics that folks wanted to see in these spaces, and from that we were able to apply those characteristics to the. Um, Actual case study spaces we were working with. Um, So there was the, um, so the Essex County Prosecutor's Office is where uh, survivors usually meet with law enforcement officials to kind of um, talk about the experiences and kind of um, get information about what had happened. So the three main spaces we were looking at were the um, hallway kind of like entry area, the waiting room, and also the conference room where they're actually having these conversations. So what we then did was take these design elements and applied them to those existing spaces. So um, the current spaces are um, typical of a lot of institutional uh, public spaces, very uh, very sterile environment with uh, fluorescent lights, white walls, lots of doors, lots of uh, bureaucracy to get to the place. And what we did with the research was start to really open up what these spaces could be and look and feel like. So we took those characteristics and actually redesigned the spaces based on what people said in the workshops. And if I get a chance, I would love to kind of share that as part of our additional uh, piece of research. We didn't get to do with the grant, but we actually redesigned these spaces with um, what we learned from the research. And now that um, toolkit is kind of like a, kind of a guidelines for if you're going to design these spaces or you want to build out these spaces for survivors. Here are some, um, here are, here's a way that you can apply to real space, but it's still kind of um, broad enough that it can be applied in other types of spaces as well.
1: We will be delighted to see the, the finished toolkit. And I know part of the intention was to create this toolkit and template and you know, and details to be able to share with others, not only projects that uh, Designing Justice is working yeah. on, but others within the, um, the broader community.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I this, this, this project is already bearing a lot of fruit for our organization. I think it's sparking a lot more um, um, internal initiatives around really building out this research, um, and just realizing that um, there are many other um, there's a lot more people we can engage around this. And what we started here is just kind of like the starting point of this, that there's still a lot more to learn about how we can redesign these spaces. And um, this toolkit is just kind of like that first step. And um, we're already trying to see if we're going to if we can partner with other organizations to can really um, do more of this type of research to make this re- uh, make the data a little bit more robust and richer.
1: So I'm glad you brought up the data because I wanted you to just um uh, describe Barb Toes uh her her uh her uh, focus, her uh her position, her um kind of her credentials. she's also she was also an amazing member of the dean.
0: Yes. Can amazing be summed up in one word? She's amazing, <laughs> she, yeah. Yeah, she is she is amazing. She is a researcher, um a restorative justice uh Expert and um, she really helped us uh, really craft this research so it was um, it was as robust as it can be. So she was kind of guiding us along with making sure that the questions we were asking could lend itself to data that can be coded and analyzed in a way that could um, be um, used by other people and not just us. So it was it was She's really a professor great. Professor
1: at uh, University. Yes,
0: she, uh In Washington.
1: Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay so the the pulling it all together uh, in, and the I mean like the dream end of the story is lovely that there is the toolkit and we and there's um, there's data very um, evidence-based very rich data that can be uh, uh, shared with and explained you know in um, in rolling it out and in presenting it to others um, I I had a question and you're talking about the uh, redesigning the Essex uh, County Prosecutor's Office. There's still going to be that tension when you said opening things up, there's that tension between uh, what the secure nature of whatever mm-hmm. law enforcement facilities feel they need to be. Yeah. And yeah. then this uh, you're seeing some of the, uh, some of the designs and some of the details in the report, which is going to be attached in the notes to this um to this podcast so people can actually, you know, get to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of the hospitality and the, the, you know, the fragrance of, uh, you know, coffee and or something else that doesn't feel as uh, that feels warmer as opposed mm-hmm. to the cooler, sterile environments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How easy do you think that shift is going to be to make?
0: Um, I'll admit it's, it's not, it's not an easy shift because it's not typically the way that, um, we think about justice spaces or institutional spaces in in our country, and um, one of the things that did emerge from our um, engagements was that some people were just saying that at the end of the day, um, these spaces sometimes just have to exist in the community. They can't be inside of the actual uh, prosecutor's office or places that already have a lot of um, a lot of prior, um, I guess, weight to them. Um, some people have had negative experiences from going to these spaces so sometimes they do need to exist outside of these kind of uh kind of these uh kind of typical justice like centers of the part of the city so um and and it is something you mentioned about um that shift so at the end of the day this also is a secure facility where there are um concerns about people's safety and that came up in the that came up in the um in the engagements too with the um with the um, detectives as well, they also acknowledge that, yeah, this this way that we're kind of um, pulling people in is not the best because you don't have a lot of privacy in, in certain areas. You just kind of have folks walking through a hallway and you might have someone in the waiting area um, visibly like crying or showing a lot of emotion. So there is a sense of how do you make these spaces um, a little bit more private to kind of account for these many different um types of people that are coming to these spaces for different uh, purposes
1: so Tola tell me is there anything else that um, that we haven't talked about that you think we need to know either about this particular project or about designing justice
0: uh, let's see um, I think I talked about it a little bit but this this um, research that we started on Essex is, Um, leading to potential uh, work with other organizations. So um, we're kind of in the works of just kind of figuring out what spaces for survivors really means and what it looks like if we were to expand this out. So this project in Essex is, we're kind of looking at as a case study that if you were to build a space like this in, um, in this instance in a prosecutor's office, here are the type of things you should consider but there are other types of spaces and other places that these things can exist in. So um, we're trying to see if we can kind of um, continue this research to build out other types of case studies so we can apply uh, research to different types of um, different types of scenarios that aren't um, as specific as an interaction between law enforcement and um, the survivor. Sometimes folks after these types of events need to go to many different types of spaces. It's not just the interaction with um, the justice professionals sometimes they need to um, have emotional support. They need to do therapy, art therapy, music therapy, which was something really amazing that came out of the workshop. and people was like, "Yeah, I just want a yoga studio or a music studio."
1: Well, you know, it, 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 this is a total aside, but um, I worked with a service dog training agency in mm-hmm. Mexico, and we uh, trained dogs for Casa for court-appointed special mm-hmm. advocates mm-hmm. who worked with children. Who were victims of violence, yeah, and to get and to help the you know help them feel calmer. But you just think about all the types of um, all the types of interventions that that would make. And we just are talking about this make environments more human and make them more more supportive to the people that are using them. So the work that um, designing justice designing spaces is doing is um, is spectacular. I do also. Having watched the presentation and looking at all the details, I encourage people to look at that full project, which will be attached to the, um, the podcast transcript, because there, are, uh, there is such a, a wealth of design thinking in the most human way that it, it struck me how, how I, I'm going to say that every man word again, but, and that's probably politically incorrect today, but the, the nature of how it could work for every human being. So thank you again, Tola Thomas from Designing Justice, Designing Spaces.
0: Thank you, CCV.
1: Yeah, we're so happy that you were part of our Wonder Grant 2020 um, award uh, team group. And this podcast is available, the Wonder Podcast is available on all the streaming services. We will look forward to speaking with uh, the other members of our Wonder Grant 2020 team. And the series is going to be released together as a series. So you'll have the opportunity to listen to a wide variety of perspectives on human beings in the the built environment. Thanks so much. And we're going to sign off now.